Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Do you know this happens every week, dear listeners? We have to go through this procedure. I'm, I'm ready now. Are you ready? Right, we'll just start with you. Third time lucky. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Whatever Works, your fortnightly indulgence in all things madcap and stupid, and possibly with even some content in it. Hello, Aidan. Hello, Ted. I'm sorry, everybody. We seem to go through this procedure every fortnight. Of, are we on? Are we working? What's happening? Right. Hello. Nice to be here. Hello. Hello. It's now the tail end of September. And it is show number 194. Very exciting, eh? Whateverworks.works is our website. You'll find links there to everything we're going to talk about today on the show. Whatever Works MeWe group is where we natter to you and hopefully you tell us whatever works in your life so we can bring those to the show. AidenBell.com is for Aiden, where you'll find all his stuff. And TedSalmon.com is for me, where you'll find all my stuff. I'm waiting for Storm Agnes here. That's what's that's what's going on with me at the moment. I'm waiting for Storm Agnes to appear and blow this static home off the ground. <laughs> I do feel for you. You're you're very weather susceptible, aren't you, Ted? Well, according yeah, we, I, I am certainly. Um, they, uh, one thing I have noticed also that I'd like to say about um, um, stormy weather is that it always seems to happen during the night. Have you noticed that? Yes, that, that that is a good point, actually. Yes, it's. I don't know if it's something meteorological that there's a reason for that, but whenever, which makes it much worse if you're in a static home because it's just more scary and annoying when it's dark outside. It was a dark and stormy night. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> anyway, we'll see what happens with that. It's, it's supposed to be coming in tonight. We're recording Wednesday lunchtime, and it's supposed to be coming in this evening and overnight. So. If I don't survive, then it's, it's been really nice talking to you, and it's been nice knowing you, Aidan, and um, that'll be the end of me, I'm afraid. Well, as you said, it's the tail end of September. Winter draws on. And talking of mind. winter draws on, I've had my first mince pie. Woo! <laughs> Follow it. Do you remember Jeremy Harpen brought us on the last show, Christmas in August, in Room 101 rant about um, shops already starting to stock things and it wasn't even September yet. Well, sorry, Jeremy, I bought a mince pie last week from our local bakery and I loved it and it was yummy and I can't wait to have another one. <laughs> Happy very, Christmas. very nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I quite like mince pies as long as they're covered with custard. Oh, yes. Or clotted cream or, or fresh cream. We don't like a dry snack. We want a wet snack. Yeah, anything, any kind of snack or food that doesn't have sufficient sauce. My mother surprises me because my mother, and it's her prerogative and it's absolutely fine and she can do what she wants, she's not keen on sauces of any kind or very few. And she eats a lot of dry food and I I find that difficult. Mm. Sometimes you put food in your mouth and sort of, oh, I need something to help this go down, particularly pastry. Pastry without gravy for me is a no-no. Do you remember that um, rich tea biscuit advert from the 1970s? As, uh, um, a drink's too wet without one. Oh, yes, that's right, yes. Uh, the, your cup of tea. The, the tea's too wet without one or something like that. Yeah, yeah. 
And I agree with that. Yes, I'm going to slurp my tea while you tell us about Amazon Prime Day. Amazon Prime Day is coming on the 11th and 12th of... When is the 11th and 12th of October? Good Lord, it's next week, isn't it? Or the week after? So, yeah, we'll see. But perhaps we should have a competition this time to make it a bit more interesting instead of desperately trying to find something to buy. Um, We'll find the item with the biggest discount or some other claptrap. What do you think? Yes, why don't we throw that out? What are you... Whatever gets bought, let's have have a wee competition sort of thereafter. What did you buy? How much did you pay for it? And what sort of a bargain was it? And I think we might also have a booby prize, because I'd win this, for buying something that's complete and utter crap that you really didn't need in the first place, but you couldn't resist buying it because it was Prime Day. (laughs) Yeah, 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 definitely. Yes, indeed. So before we finish this section, I'd just like to say um, what I was going to say before you cut me (laughs) off earlier, you ignorant git, was that with regards to the weather... Whatever I say about wind and and storms, I'd much rather have that than blazing heat. <laughs> oh yes, well yeah yeah. As you well know, right? Let's move on. Feedback from the the lovely, wonderful MeWe members and um, discussion for us. Starting with the lovely Aiden Bell. <laughs> Ah. Actually, this is a tease. I bought this at Tesco yesterday and I can't feed back on it yet because I've only had it for 24 hours, but I will. It's called a Dio bin. It says on the front here, traps bin odour. Instant odour capture, suitable for all bins. Easy peel and place, odour neutral, no perfume. And, and, and that's certainly true, the latter couple, because what it seems to be is a piece of foam rubber that's sticky back. And to Ooh. all intents and purposes, holding it in my hands, looking at it at the moment, it has... Absolutely no smell whatsoever. It really does just look like a piece of foam rubber stuck with a bit of double-sided tape. So I stuck one duly underneath the inside of our bin in the kitchen. Um, And I'm waiting to see over the next few days whether we have the slightly whiffy pong that we all know sometimes emits from, from, from your kitchen food waste bin. So let's see if it works. If it does, I'll be very surprised because, as I say for the third time, it's just a bit of old foam rubber. Let's see what happens. You could always empty your bin more often. Shut your face. By the way, it's called Dio Bin and it's from Tesco and it was £3.85 for a two-pack. So it's a couple of quid each. How long do they last? Uh, pass. Don't know. OK, we'll wait for your review. Indeed. In the meantime, we'll look at what Daniel... Enjoy thinks. our odour-free technology, he said, not caring that he was interrupting, for up to eight weeks. There you are. <laughs> I'm used to it now. <laughs> um, we'll find out what Daniel Bemis is, is saying instead. Um, he has um, been talking about Grandpa's Weeder. And I, I got the impression this was probably an Americanism, because we know Daniel is an American. Um, and sure enough, we found he found difficulty, as did I, finding one in the UK. This is a weeder I've used since I was a kid, he said. My dad owned it since I was 12 years old. 30 years later, he still uses it. I bought one recently, and it doesn't disappoint. Great build quality and easy to use. So... In the end, Daniel, thank you, found one in the UK um, in the range, um, which actually there's one locally here, uh, the the range shop. Um, But it's a it's an odd looking thing, which apparently, if you watch videos of people using it, you kind of get that long bit on the side and kind of wrench it round, and it is very efficient of pulling up weeds. Um, and so, yes, there you go. Have you got one of those? No, I haven't, and I've never seen one before. And for the listeners, it's a sort of long broom handle thing with a sort of forky, sticky thing. And as you say, Ted, there's a long sticking out sideways horizontal bit. That uh, did you say you sort of get that in first? You kind of le- no, I think you that you use that as a lever to um, to pull out the weed. If you watch a video, it's, it's, it, it does look very, very efficient, and it's surprising you can't get them. I looked all over Amazon UK. No, nope, I mean there are. Um, 
similar ones, but the, none of them look, look as good as the proper Grandpa's Weeder one that Daniel talks about. Yeah, I mean... So, it- Sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Finish. No, no, yeah, I'm used to it. As I say, I'm used to it now. I was just going to say, just, you just take whole priority all the time. Thank you. Thank you for saying Whenever that. Whenever you're I will. speaking, oh, shut up. That's lovely to know. Um, no, I was just thinking, if you are elderly or have trouble bending the knees, then then it's ideal, isn't it? Because theory has it, you can weed from a standing position. I, I'm going to watch the video because I'm quite curious about this thing. Right. Ted seems to be sulking, so I'll move on. Am I, am I, am I allowed to speak here? Yeah. Go on. <laughs> no, I've nothing to say. It's wonders. Right, moving on. Aidan Bell again. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know, my beloved Harrison Hall, of which I've waxed lyrical oh, on many yeah. occasions, the, the wonderful coffee shop at Tesco that really do yeah. make superb coffee, they're closing. Ah! What? Yes, they're closing their branch in Tesco. I went in to buy my decaf coffee beans, as I usually do every <sighs> two or three weeks, and the lovely man there said, um, you'll have to go somewhere else for your coffee beans because we're closing. Um, they're just closing that branch. But the lovely man also told me that Harrison Hall purchased from a company called Square Mile, who I therefore looked up on the web and they in turn, I started a correspondence with a lovely lady at Square Mile who told me our current decaf is from Peru and it is called Le Bemeja and that's what they give Harrison Hall and that's what I ordered a packet of and it came and I've tasted it and it's almost exactly the same taste as the coffee I'm getting from Harrison Hall. So I've actually now cut out the middleman and I'm just ordering my coffee direct from the manufacturer. It's an interesting website. Um, I remember Chris Kelly brought us a shite of what was it called Redbus or Rebus or Redman or something like that. Rebus, I think. Yeah, something like that. Uh, this looks very, very similar. Just another one of that of that breed. Uh, Square Mile, the online company, they're coffee brewers, coffee makers, coffee grinders. Um, and I'm now buying my coffee from them rather than going down the road and getting it from Harrison Hall. So again, I'm sitting at home and ordering online, which I don't like. I enjoyed the little bit of social intercourse yeah. of going in and saying hello. And, and they recognised me. I mean, I just walk in and they'd look at me and go, decaf yeah. coffee beans. Um, yeah. But anyway, there we go. I'm getting my coffee from Square Mile. And incidentally, Ted, um, because I know what you're going to say, why don't I just buy it off the shelf? Well, in the interim, I did. I thought I'll try another packet off the shelf from Tesco. And it was horrid. It was really horrid. I'm not a coffee snob in any of the terms of grind or weight or pressure or brew time and all the other blah, blah, clap, trap snobbery that goes with coffee making. But I do find that the beans are important. And um, yeah, square mile coffee beans. I can certainly vouch for them. Well, you clearly are a coffee snob because, um, uh, you know, all joking aside, I, I genuinely can't tell the difference. I've tried, well, not in a, when you make it into a cappuccino or a latte, I can't tell the difference. If you're going to taste it as it is, no doubt I could. I had a visitor this week from one of the members of the MeWe group um, who came round and sampled a coffee. And I asked him, I said, you know, this coffee, I was straight with him. I said, this coffee is £2.80 from Tesco. Do you like it? Um, and this was someone who had um, previously had a bean to cup machine as well. So he, he'd he been a part of that previously. Um, and he absolutely said yes. He said, yeah, it's absolutely fine. It's really nice. No problem at all. So, you know, I, I, each to their own. Um, I'm glad that you um, are more discerning than me and this guy that visited. Um, but it saves me a lot of money. I don't think it means I'm a snob. I just think it means your taste buds are f***. (laughs) (laughs) Right, enough of that. Enough coffee talk. Um, We'll get get letters. Amazon is encouraging sellers to use AI-generated product listings. (laughs) This was um, an article that I picked up in, in Gadget this week. Um, 
And yes, what Amazon are doing is, is um, that they're trying to get people who write reviews to use their tool, which they've now made available to them, um, which uses a you know an, an AI engine basically um, to in order to write reviews for people. Which uh, the net result for me seems to be that we'll end up with even worse impersonal Amazon reviews and listings. Yeah, yeah. Which is a, which is a shame because like ten years ago, what people said in reviews on Amazon gave the buyer a good and honest appraisal before you decided to buy. Um, it's soon just going to be worthless, isn't it? And, and not even worth looking at them, especially with this new star system, which we spoke about before, which is a load of rubbish. Rubbish AI, good human, I say. Absolutely, and couldn't agree more. Am Amazon is spoiling the system. Absolutely, couldn't agree more twice. <laughs> yeah. Aiden Bell's back. Goodness, he's a busy boy this week. I bring you the KSIBNW Neon Outdoor LED Strip Light. Do you remember back in 2019, I talked about my runway lights, as I call yeah. them, on the driveway, yeah. which are really very much necessary because we have a steep doubt driveway that I have to reverse my rather large car down. And if it's raining... And dark, it's a dark and stormy night. It's impossible to not hit the little wall on the left side, except for the use of my runway strip, which is fantastic. I bought them in 2019, and um, it really is a question of no longer using. They absolutely they died. They did very well for the what is it? Um, four, nearly four years since I bought them, but they really, really needed replacing. They'd popped in several places, so I bought this. New, I jumped on our favourite website and I found this outdoor strip light, which is lovely, and it really is a, a really good example of the progress of technology because the old ones were quite big and clunky, and you could see the individual LEDs in them. And this new set that I bought, thirty-five pound ninety-nine, um, is beautiful. It's like a, a, it's like something out of two thousand and one. It's a long long white single line you can't see the individual leds in there at all when you turn it on it's just like an extremely long strip light um really really happy with it um and would recommend it if anybody needs an led strip waterproof of course because it's outside very happy with it been using it for a few weeks now so it turns itself on um no i've got a uh, I think I've talked about it in the show way back. I bought myself right. a, a remote switch, so I've actually got the, oh, the yeah. switch in the car, blue tacked to the dashboard of the car. Right. So when I right. arrive home, I press the switch and it triggers indoors and comes on. Very happy. Very, I just have to remember nice. to turn it off. I said, do remember initiating a MeWe conversation, and unfortunately nobody could come to think of anything. I wanted to be able to turn it on and have it automatically turn itself off after a set period of time, but I couldn't find yeah. the gizmos to do that. So That's the right, only yeah. downside is I have to remember to switch it off. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the wall up here. Uh, the last time I tried one of these things, I put it on the wall there and it's ripped a line of the wallpaper <laughs> off when, when it came off. I think I got a really crap one. It was um, not very sticky. I vaguely remember we were talking about that on the show, yes. Yeah. Well, a load of rubbish. Anyway, good for you. Landing lights. And I don't mean lights on your landing. <laughs> Play a jingle, for goodness sake. <laughs> I wonder who bought it. I wonder who bought retractable keychains. Now, these are cheap and cheerful, or cheap as chips, really. Um, you get four of these things for six quid, two black ones and two green ones, and they are just these thingies that you put on... You Well, you attach them to whatever you like, really. They've got a, a, a key ring thingy on one end, so it can go on your belt or on a... on a What are those things called? Lanyard. Um, no, not a lanyard. No. It's a... a, 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 a one of them. <laughs> One of the, 
um, one of those, one of those um, things what um, climbers you know, use for fixing on yeah, crampon sort of thing. things. Yes, you know. Oh, that's so annoying. Welcome to Alzheimer's Weekly with Aidan Bell and Ted Salmon. <laughs> Chris, Chris Kelly brought them onto the show a while ago. And I, I tried to learn the name of them and I, and I failed miserably, clearly. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, so these things um, can hook onto one end and then you put whatever you like on the other end, whether it be a ID card, a card holder um, or a, keys or whatever you need to put on the other end, you do. And they extend with this quite sturdy looking steel cable between the two items mm -hmm. at first i thought it was the, the 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 nylon rope that extended but it's not it's a steel cable and you pull those out 65 centimeters they go out which i guess is longer than the average arm so um is it longer than the average arm yeah i think it must be and um you can open up what you want or use it for whatever you want i thought they looked really neat and really cheap cheap and cheerful and i would like to thank anyone who bought those and will now buy them on the back of me talking about this. And if you do, please use my affiliate link at Amazon. It is at tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon Ted UK. They give me a few pennies. It makes no difference to you. So please, pretty please, pretty please, please use my little link. Thank you. Three, two, one. Carabiner. That's the one. Swine. I bet you looked it up, didn't you? Ted's top tips, Ted's top tips, Ted's top tips. How do you easily hang a picture on a wall with a fork? No, this is not a trick question. This is amazing. I have a feeling we had this before oh, once, yeah. but... Um, I remember that. Yeah, carry on. I, found, I, I, I stumbled upon a YouTube video. This is cunning to the nth degree. When you hang a picture, I... My personal technique is to sort of put my hand up underneath and try to find the string with one finger and then sort of use that finger to try and pop it, pop it over the nail or hook or whatever it is. Well, here's what you do. You get a fork. You put the fork down over the top of the, of the uh, hook or nail or whatever it is, and then you just hang the picture down over the fork. Once it's in place, you remove the fork and your picture is hanging. A fiendish. It, it is fiendish, and several people on MeWe agreed and yeah. said, fiendish, lovely idea. I can't take credit for it, not in the slightest. I found it on YouTube. But isn't that clever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as your fork is long enough to come out the top after. <laughs> Matron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did, I think we did do that before, but it's um, it's a good reminder. It's, uh, yeah, really easy, quick and easy. Who hasn't got a fork, eh? Absolutely. Simon Bates has got a top tip on... DIY mocha. Oh, we're back to coffee. If I again. want some, <laughs> yeah, we're back to a very quick one. If I want something a little bit different in my coffee or a mocha, I just put some chocolate yazoo or Sainsbury's milkshake, chocolate milkshake, presumably, yeah. in the milk mix and then steam or froth it in the usual way. Add a double a shot of coffee in the usual way and it tastes delicious. You can obviously uh, adjust it to your own taste. Um, but yeah, on the last show or the one before, we were talking about um, how you get coffee in the coffee taste into these beaned cup machines. And clearly there are different ways, but Simon is... Sorry, you mean the way. chocolate so, taste, yeah. not the coffee taste? Yeah, yeah. Taste, yeah. And what's interesting is that he's oh. using liquid chocolate. He's not putting chocolate powder in. These are yes. actually ready-made yeah. chocolate um, drinks. Very clever. Nice one, Simon. Yes, indeed. 
I bring you an interesting one. I have a spare phone in my car in the dashboard. I believe you you gave it to me your good self, Ted, many years ago. I'm an old Nokia phone, which sits in the dashboard oh, yeah. of my car in case I have an emergency. And I haven't yet since 2021 when I bought it. But if I ever did, I know it's there. Now, here's the interesting thing. <laughs> um, following a MeWe discussion, I bought myself a 1P mobile SIM because that turned out to be the cheapest and quickest and easiest. And I popped it in and I put 10 quid um, uh, minimum uh, what's the word top up on it and there it there it sat and then of course a year later I think it was a year or some months later you must top up your phone within the next 30 days or it won't work anymore so I put another 10 quid on and then the third time round and I put another so I was I was about I was at 30 quid by this point um just recently it started again and I just thought oh you know what I'm not going to bother. I've always got my own phone with me and I've never needed it. And I'm spending 10 quid every so often. today. I'm not going to bother anymore. So I didn't. And I ignored all the emails coming through saying in 24 hours, your phone will be cut off. Well, it wasn't. And I just wanted to say this could be more of a Ted's top tip than anything else. If you ignore all the emails, the phone appears to continue. I checked just yesterday and I have £27.43 credit and the phone still works, despite all the panicky emails telling me if I don't top up immediately, the world will come to an end. So there you are. Yes. Hang on a minute. I'm just I'm just turning off my do not disturb. Seems to be the thing to do here. Yeah, I'll turn it off. So disturbances by phones are, are, are fine and allowed. Um, the... You're supposed to laugh at that point. You... Oh, I see. That's what it was. Oh, you see, you're too subtle with your <laughs> bitching. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, okay then. Um, actually, having a, a fo- what's that? You, you see, you see. Right. You see? I'm turning on. You're very, you're very popular. I'm turning on. You? Do not disturb. Do not disturb is on. <laughs> My phone will no longer disturb you. <laughs> oh, good. Mine's still off now. Um, now, uh, yes, what I was going to say was, having a phone in the car that you never use is a bit like having a, um, a fire extinguisher, isn't it? It is, and I've had one of those in the car since I bought it in 2010. <laughs> it's just, you know, I'm one of those anal, organised, paranoid people. But not only that, I was thinking about this just the other day, Ted, a lot of the stuff that I do, like that, like everything has to be colour coordinated and properly built and matched. And, you know, I bought some black blue tack recently just because the job I wanted, I didn't want to be able to see the blue tack. <laughs> I don't think it's entirely ADAC and OCD. I think it's also just because I enjoy that. It's the fun of the doing, of the building, of the creation, of the making of the... And I just found it fun to put a spare phone in the car, even though I wondered if I'd ever need it and found I didn't, yeah. you know. Yes, indeed, absolutely, and good for you. I'm not criticising. It's yes, just, it's just funny how we we have things around us that are like just in case yes. things, and we actually never, never. Yeah, I mean, again, the, the fire extinguishers. I just replaced. I think we talked about it on MeWe and on the show. I replaced yeah, all our yeah. fire extinguishers in the house because they've been there for ten, fifteen years and never got needed. And just in case, I got some new ones. <laughs> One almost wants there to yeah, be a yeah, catastrophe, yeah. so you can actually use the things that you've been. Storing. <laughs> no, don't wish that on no. yourself, for goodness sake. Not in, not living in a wooden no, house. No, thank you. Um, right. Um, now, there's another article I wanted to link to as part of Ted's Top Tips, which was um, in the um, website housedigest.com, and it's about putting a clove of garlic in your toilet. Bathrooms, like Aidan's kitchen bins, <laughs> can sometimes develop lingering and unwelcome odours, no matter how um, diligently you are with cleaning. So this is where the, the garlic, the clove of garlic comes in. The, con- the concept is simple, says the website. Um, as you sleep, the garlic releases an aroma which um, 
comes from something called Alison, not Alison, Alison, um, known for... Anti- Alison, Alison, what the f*** is Alison? Sorry. <laughs> Antibacterial, antifungus, blah, 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 and it neutralises odours. Anyway, there you go. If you chuck one of these in your toilet overnight, it's supposed to make the place smell of garlic, presumably, and not stink of crap um, or... Um, chemicals, I suppose. <laughs> Crap, you choose your words very carefully there. <laughs> well, listen, I tried this. I love garlic. I adore the smell of garlic. I love... The garlic is my favourite flavour in the world. So I thought, well, this is going to be a win-win whether or not it works. Uh, but it wasn't, because it not only did it not work, or not appear to work, but I couldn't smell the garlic either. <laughs> oh, right. I tried it for two days. I popped a <laughs> clove of garlic into the bowl. Now, I have to say, unlike my kitchen, uh, the by bathroom smells fragrant and beautiful and floral and lovely. So, I mean, there wasn't... Whether or not it gets rid of smells, I can't vouch, because I'm glad to say my toilet doesn't smell in the first place. But I certainly couldn't smell anything at all. You're supposed to peel it first. I peeled it. <laughs> and the second day I cut it in half. I, no, no, no. I peeled the garlic and then the second day I tried cutting it in half and putting it in two pieces. And I, I expect we'll get into trouble now by um, from Chris, Chris Kelly for blocking up the, the sewage yes. system. Yes. Well, do you know, it did occur to me, should I put an entire <laughs> clove of garlic into the cistern and would that have the same effect? And I thought, no, yeah, that yeah. might just go slimy and horrible and then really start to smell. Um, but no, uh, as far as I could tell, it, it, it didn't work at all. I couldn't even smell the garlic, which makes sense because water is a preventative of air, uh, air particles. So therefore, you wouldn't expect yeah. to smell anything that was underwater. So whatever. Very odd. Well, if, if anyone else had a go at this, do let us know um, in the movie group how you got on and if it was completely pointless and a waste of garlic that you could have eaten. Mind you, I haven't had a vampire in the toilet lately, so at least it worked in that respect. Still using, still using. I'm still using that as the egg cooker thingy. Oh, my goodness, I remember that. We did a whole yeah. series of egg things, didn't <laughs> we? Did, we? Yeah. We, we? We went a bit nuts on it. It was like the coffee of the... That's the right, egg, yes. The egg co- on eggs and coffee. Our listeners will be thinking, please, talk about eggs again. Stop all this coffee madness. <laughs> Let's talk about eggs. What have you got? Whatever works, 154, January 22. It's an egg cooker that I got from um, Asda. I just checked on the website and it's still for sale. You can have it delivered if you have an Asda delivery. Eight quid and it's worth every penny. Works like a charm. Very manual, as I remember saying at the time. There's no timer on it. So, you know, you just have to time it yourself. For which we had that... Do you remember that um, magnetic timer I've got on my fridge that we spoke about? Oh, yes. That's still there. That works really well. And I use that for this because I I put the timer on. I put the eggs in, put the timer on the fridge for um, about five minutes or so. And then... Um, they're ready when it's done, and you've got to, yeah, you've got to get up and go and turn the thing off, of course, because it's very manual. Um, six eggs can be done at the same time, and duck eggs. We 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 sometimes get duck eggs from some local Ooh. board, which are really Ooh, nice. Oh, and you're calling me posh. And they, <laughs> I haven't called you posh yet. Um, <laughs> which, we we've got duck eggs on the on the go in this thing, and they fit under the dome. That's the point about the duck eggs. So there's plenty of room in there, and it's a really good little machine. Very manual, very plastic, but it's never let me down, and it cooks eggs just beautifully. So recommended. Excellent. <laughs> And I remember, it wasn't posh. You called me a snob. Now then, oh, yes. 
<laughs> I'm still using the, uh, thanks to you, I have to say, the Lenovo Smart Clock 2, which is something oh, you brought yeah. um, onto the show. And I was so taken with it, I bought myself one. And I do recall I actually bought you one as well. And yes. for a while, we both had them. What's funny is that we talked off, off air. Neither of us could quite remember what they cost. But you came to a better conclusion than I, Ted, didn't you, about what we paid for them? I think that you paid about 40-odd quid because you got them from Germany somewhere. Oh, that's right, because they weren't available in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they came with um, two pin plugs and, and, yeah, yeah, they were a European thing. But I, but I do rem seem to remember that the, the um, RRP was 79 quid for the one with the, the Qi charging stand attached to it. Um, and 59 quid without. And I think it was like £10 less, respectively, right. for, for each without the charger. But I could be wrong. Right, OK. So, I mean, between 40 and 70, depending on the yeah. time of year and what shop you go to. But it's a lovely little thing. It's a little clock. And as you say, it sits on a on a cheese charging stand, which you can get as an optional extra, which I did. And that's fabulous. And I use that daily for my cheese charging overnight for my phone and it works a treat. And it's a lovely little clock and it does what I want, which is that when you've asked it a question or looked at the time or whatever it is, the screen goes utterly black. So there's no always on display to keep me awake all night long. Um, and I've enjoyed it very much indeed. Still going but strong and... Be. Sorry? Just to just to jump in there and say there can be if you want. Oh yes, sorry, there can indeed. Yeah. I was just delighted to be able to switch it off because I'm weird. Yeah, but for yeah. normal people, you can have an always-on display. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And of course, it, it works with the smart speaker system. It basically hooks into my Google system, and it's become one of the Google. Now you've got two of these because the the one that you kindly gifted to me, I sent back to you, ungrateful wretch that I was. No, the, the, you the, did. <laughs> the, the, the truth was that I couldn't. It it kept crashing my Wi-Fi. Now, since I've had this new EE Wi-Fi and much faster connection of five G, maybe that would be different now. But it's too late. I'm not that bothered to be honest. It was a nice little gadget when I had it. Um, if it had just worked properly, but I'm glad it works for you. I'm not sending it back to you, you ungrateful sod. Right. I'll tell you what's cheap as chips. And yes. indeed, you could eat you could eat your chips with them as well. Is <laughs> la, what they call latte spoons. Um, now, if you um, if you um, imagine the Wimpy Bar and the Knickerbocker Glory, you order your Knickerbocker Glory in 1972, and it comes out in a really tall glass, and there's a spoon, and it's a really it's a, it's basically a teaspoon, but it's got a a long hand on it, and I love these things. I've got one of them here. You can you can buy um, a pack of six here for about a fiver. Yes. And but but they're just really nice. You you can use them. I mean, I by default I just pick that one up all the time. All the other teaspoons I've got never get a look in. You can use it for <laughs> um, you know puddings and espresso and milkshakes if you make milkshakes. Ice cream is lovely to eat ice cream with. Ravioli out of the tin, which is my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> um, healthy eating here, you know. Um, now, this one that I've got here has got Horlicks written on it. So I, I, I guess that it was probably got by someone. I, I've no idea where it came from, as a promotion or something. But it, it's really, really nice. Um, so I don't know if you've got um, any long-handled um, teaspoons, but I recommend them. I think we have got a couple in a drawer somewhere. My latte glasses are tiny. They're 10 centimetres tall, so I certainly wouldn't need them literally for lattes. But, um, yeah, good to have, Ted. I'm just still wondering how you could eat a hmm. portion of chips with a spoon, but there you go, that's just me. <laughs> no, it's not... It's not um, it's not a question of needing to use it. I use it by default. 
I, I I go to that spoon always. I don't know why. It's just that I much prefer using it, even if I don't need to, than an ordinary little one. It's a nice spoon. It's a, it's I, like a blanket. It's your security spoon. <laughs> it reminds me of Wimpy. <laughs> I want one. I want one. I want one. I want one of those. <sighs> yes, I'm doing the same, Ted, but you're next, so I'll drink while you talk. I want a footrest. We've spoken about footrests before. Um, this mm-hmm. one is the Potuim Potuim adjustable footrest. Um, and actually, it looks like more like a seat. If you follow the link, dear listener, to the Amazon listing that I've linked to here, it looks industrial almost it's got this kind of hydraulic looking thing well it's not hydraulic but it's it's it, it looks like it could be hydraulic the next step up would be a uh, next step up would be hydraulic <laughs> um and it's got this soft pad on the top and apparently if you take the pad off then it's got underneath it's got pimples and you can massage your feet with it um but it's yeah it looks really really nice it's got four levels of adjustment and it reckons it can take 120 um pounds in load which means they've got pictures of people actually sitting on them there's a mechanic in a garage sitting on one on one you know doing his car with it yes um and yeah, I, it looks really nice. It's 47 quid. There's 10% voucher off at the moment. So, you know, it makes it about 42 or 43 quid or something. I reckon someone should get one of these because it's not that expensive. Someone that needs a footrest. Yeah. I don't particularly need one, but um, somebody that needs one. Have a go at this and tell us what it's like because it looks industrial. It does. It looks lovely. And I'm with you. I want one, but I don't need one. It looks a bit like a piano stool on on hydraulics. Do you remember yeah. Victor Borg, the, the comedic piano player of old? He would have had a ball. He would have sat on this and it would have slowly descended as he tried to play the piano. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, could, I could use one of those. But again, I don't need one. We need a new section on this show. I want one, but I don't need one. <laughs> well, I think that's what it, this section is, really, yes, isn't it? Yes, I suppose it is, really. Mostly. <laughs> Better before. Any time today, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> we we paid him a check this week. Remember those? Oh yes. Um, via the phone app, and I, I've never done this before. I've I've heard about this functionality being available, but because we so often, so sorry, so rarely get a check now. I, I can't remember the last time I saw a check. Anyway, my dad got this check. It was a refund from the DVLA. And I said to him, well, I think in your Santander app on your phone, you can do this. And sure enough, I opened his um, app on his phone for him. And there it was. Take a photograph of the front of your check. Take a photograph of the back of your check, even if it's blank. Press a button. Fanny's your aunt. Uploads it goes. And then it went away. Now, of course, um, my dad, being my dad, didn't throw... I said to him, you can chuck it away. Honestly, it's fine. It'll work. But he wanted to keep the cheque. And even a week later, he still had the cheque. I said, <laughs> you, you don't need to keep it. Anyway, um, so, yeah, this this um, this system worked really well. He, he did have a look at his account a couple of days later, and there it was, um, paid in, as good as gold. Um, now, we tried also to do this um, on my mum's Nationwide app, but um, it 
it didn't appear to be there. So maybe it's still some banks do, some banks don't. But anyway, it was a new experience. And it's a, it's a bit of a shame that checks are going away, really, because that is so simple and easy to do. And um, it saved loads of time and petrol and blooding stamps and bloody blah, blah, you know. I agree. I think so. I, and I agree with you. I think you're more likely to receive a phone call from a unicorn than you are a check in the post. But um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, and once in a blue moon when we've had checks, I've done the same. And it, it's a fabulous system. Mike Latour responded on me. we saying I've had this for a few years here in the US. My bank does say to keep the paper check. There you are. Did you hear that, <laughs> Mr. Salmon? Your son was wrong. The bank does say to keep the paper check for a few, oh, for a few days. <laughs> In case there are problems. Yeah, as, as I did. But I'm a bit like your father. I, I, I sit on my checks until I'm absolutely certain it's gone into the bank before I get rid of it. It was funny because he said to me, what should I do with the check now? And I said, just chuck it away. He said, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I'll wait and just check. Ian Barton um, also chipped in and said, I have to use the Barclays app sometimes to pay in checks too. It's utterly crap though. I sometimes have to scan the checks multiple times, even though the scan looks perfect to me. Barclays have closed all branches near to us, and the nearest is Crewe, which is 12 miles away, and has expensive parking. So, um, yeah, Barclays clearly don't do it very well like Santander do. Adma Singh says, I get the odd check from the Royal Mail when they fail to deliver on time or lose the odd package, probably at least three a year. Being able to just wow. upload pictures of the checks saves me some time. I didn't know the Royal Mail send you checks in that way, but... Um, well, I've never had a thing that fails to deliver on time. No, no, me too, but Atma clearly has, and, and it seems yeah. to work, so that's good. Yeah. I tell you what, I have... <laughs> I had an interesting experience recently with this. I received a cheque, uh, which I paid into my Halifax account um, with no problem. It all photos went through fine. Uh, I then, a few days later, good thing I kept the cheque, because a few days later I received a letter in the post on a piece of paper printed in an envelope with a stamp telling me that the cheque hadn't been signed <laughs> and oh, they couldn't right. accept it. I then had to get in touch with the with the sender of the cheque and say, you dump, you haven't signed it, do it again, please. And we went through the process again. But it amused me that they've managed to find a way of making cheques more modern by paying them in with your phone from your living room. But yeah. they haven't managed to work out what an email is. <laughs> they still had to yeah, send me a letter yeah. in the post <laughs> to tell me that it wasn't signed. Couldn't they have just sent me a text or an email or phoned me? I mean, really. Exactly. And talking of emails, I picked up another um, article this week in The Guardian, I believe, um, which was talking about how you sign in and out of emails. Oh, yes. And whether or not yours sincerely, for example, is dead. Um, and oh. the conclusion was that they did a they did a um, a Barclays Bank, I think it was, research thingy, and the 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 conclusion was that informality is all that matters now. Um, even regards is old fashioned, oh. according to the survey. So. <laughs> I'm fuming, that's all. Yours sincerely um, is dead. Well, oh. not dead, but dying. Young people you see the phrase as old-fashioned and boring. What do, you, what do they write instead? Regards? Absolutely not. The same survey dismissed regards oh. as formal and boring. Oh. Not to mention the fact that it makes the writer sound like a, a cold, hate-filled psychopath. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> regards. Then what? Oh. So best wishes um, seems to be the way to go. Apparently, it's but it's it's seen as friendly and warm, but not too formal. Um, 
not well uh, to whom it may concern but that's even more formal higher oh. well that's just an americanism isn't it um so consequently um yeah i think the way in which we write things is changing i i support the evolution of language i think it's fine and i i really don't have a problem with this when i um write emails i sign in and out with hello and I use phrases like best wishes, take care, toodle snips even if I know mm-hmm. the person. I think I think the, the, the thing is about how well you know the person. Um, you know, if it's you, for example, I just say, go away quickly. <laughs> um, uh, but, if, but, if you, but if it's someone um, more formal, like with my editor of magazine hat on, I would just say hello to people. Um, hello there, you know, and then their name. And then deal with the business. And then at the end of it, I probably would put best wishes or all the best or something. Um, but again, going back to uh, the, the, the old fashioned generation gap thing, um, my mum and dad are much more formal than me in, the, in those sorts of ways. And I think that the, the, the generation gap between our parents and our generation is really quite big in, in these kinds of ways. Um, Anyway, yeah, it was an interesting article and worth a look um, and, and, and read, I think. I'm pretty much with you that the, I, I don't embrace the change in language, but I accept it and I, I appreciate that it's, it's something we have to live with. But what saddens me is that, as, as, you, as you've alluded to, people don't have any kind of start or finish, not even a high at the start. It's just a block of text with nothing right. at the beginning nor the end. And that really, really gets yeah, my goat. I yeah. mean, as you say, you could just put high at the beginning and cheers at the end. I, I often use cheers. Yeah. And if somebody yeah. sends me an email with hi, I'll follow suit with hi. Uh, I still use dear and I still use yours sincerely if I'm writing to a company. But um, yeah, I agree that change has to happen and it's inevitable and therefore, you know, we have to accept it and go with it. But I don't agree that that means obliterating all top and tails completely. I think there can always be a some kind of top and tail. Yeah, and a lot of this, I think, um, at the risk of being racist, has come from Americanisms. Um, and, you know, we we spoke before on the show about people in phone calls. You see them in America, and they don't say goodbye. They just put the phone down. They finish talking, end off, yes. put the phone down. Yes, and, wh- and yeah. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't quite get why you wouldn't just say goodbye to someone. Sometimes they do. Um, and also, while while we're whinging about language, I I I think uh, abbreviations are really annoying as well. I mean, for example, the some now some abbreviations are like you know a BTW for example. I think everyone in the world, even in undiscovered tribes, will know that that stands for. Um, by the way, but some of these message shortening thingies i have no idea about someone sent me an email the other day and at the end of it it said (laughs) h-a-g-d now i i guess that you probably would have looked it up and know what it is because it's in the show notes but would you have known what that was i would guess it means have a good day but only because you're talking about it and my my brain was attuned to to quickly try and think of something i i honestly had to look that up i I couldn't i could not work it out um, I, I guess it, it's as a result of people spending time in Facebook and WhatsApp yeah, and all that crap. Yeah. Um, because, I, but I do think it's it's how Americans drive these things, and we just all seem to adopt it and and take it as 
you know, as, as the way it is. Anyway, let's not be too racist. On the other end of the extreme, I always remember in Vienna being backstage at a theatre or an opera or something. Uh, I mean, literally backstage in the wings of the theatre where the performers are. And a gentleman who was clearly in charge came up to me and said something to me in German that I didn't understand. And when he realised I was English, he said to me, to whom do I have the pleasure of addressing? <laughs> God forbid he should say, yeah. what's your name? <laughs> he yeah, says, yeah. to whom do yeah. I have the pleasure of addressing? <laughs> Maybe that's a, an arty-farty thing as well. Yeah, I think that People... was really old-school um, Viennese yeah. uh, etiquette, you know, but, I mean, yeah. we won't see the like of that again. Anyway, I think Better Before here um, probably was not. I, I think the evolution of language is really interesting. It's just a, a bit annoying that it's all come from America. Sorry, American listeners. I would conclude by saying the evolution of language is fine and necessary and acceptable, but let's re let's retain some degree of uh, giving a damn. <laughs> yeah. Now, who fancies another round of bashing delivery drivers? Oh, here we go again. <laughs> Poor delivery Andy drivers. Andy Sharp does. Delivery drivers, he says, into room 101 who ring the doorbell, wait for the dog to bark, and then decide to bang on the door. Why? They can hear the bloody doorbell themselves. <laughs> and this started a long discussion, which I joined in with as well and said the worst is when they don't do anything. Chris Kelly said, or don't bother to ring at all, which is what I've just said, and just dump the package, usually ignoring the safe place instructions. Yes, indeed. We have talked about this before on the show. I think we talked about Knockdown Ginger, which I played as a kid, where you ring oh, a bell, so, doorbell and you run you're away. You're so posh, aren't you? <laughs> oh, now Knockdown I'm posh. Ginger. OK. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, listen, I looked it up on Google before I put it in our recording notes and it is an, it's, that's, it was a game that was played by, I believe, children of the working classes, but let's not go there. Knockdown Ginger. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a, a thing of the 1940s. Um, apparently, it comes from, following the same link, apparently it comes from um, this uh, childhood in poetry thing, which was a, po a poem which went, Ginger, Ginger broke my winder, winder? Ginger, ginger broke my winder, winder, hit the winder crack. The baker came out to give him a clout and landed on his back. And apparently, but you see, the word ginger just puts in mind to me 1940s and, you know, um, the kind of, um, you know, um, Egg sandwiches and and lashings of <laughs> English blighter. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I say ginger. <laughs> do come over for tea, won't you? <laughs> um, anyway, so um, that that whole thing to me is is a bit posh. But no, um, knock down ginger. Um, I didn't play it by that name. Did you? Yes, I did. That's why it came straight into my head when the discussion began. I'll tell you something we did play, though, was, um, Oi, mister. What? <laughs> that was really funny. So we're walking along the road and you shove one of, um, you sh whoever's with you, your friends, you shove one of them across the, the hedge or the fence into someone's garden and then you shout out, Oi, mister, there's someone in your garden. Oh. <laughs> Here, I tell you what I used to play as a kid, and this just tells you about Aidan Bell, who's who Miss the Heath Robinson worshipper. I made a thing called a pig 
It was called, it was a personal interference generator because as a child I discovered that if you connected a motor to a battery and held it near a television, you'd interfere with the television signal. And I used oh, to right. go down the street with my pig, turning it on <laughs> and watching people's televisions becoming interfered and then sort of looking bemused and smacking the television and trying to work out why it wasn't working properly. <laughs> Well, at least we weren't having a dump and putting it through people's letterboxes. Anyway, um, we sort of got lost. For, we were talking about delivery drivers. I don't quite know how we, we got down to dumping yeah. through letterboxes. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Alan Webb is next. He says, um, or drivers who don't even try to find the address, but log a no answer, unable to deliver whilst two miles away. I used to get that in Singleton in near Chichester. And I used to, uh, sometimes I would watch the driver drive past and sometimes I'd wave at them. And sure enough, an hour later, I phone up Amazon and they say, yeah, the, the driver said there was no one there because they were just trying to save time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's all about saving time, isn't it? I mean, even the drivers that do feel compelled to wait, you open the door and you get this thing shoved in your hands. And before you've even been yeah. able to take a breath to say thank you, they're halfway up the street. <laughs> I, mean... I told you I told you about the girl we employed um, when I was still in Chichester who had been a delivery driver. She left and came to work for us because she said that the stress and the pressure was just ridiculous they they were given you know a, a, an amount of minutes between each drop yes. and there's no way humanly that anyone could do it in the time that was allocated and she got so stressed that she left so yes yeah. And finally, in our group here, Simon Bates commented, or drivers who think it's a good idea to bang on a glass window with their scanner instead of using the doorbell. <laughs> well, again, I suppose it's grabbing the quickest and f most efficient means of getting the uh, householder's attention and then running away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, we've, OK, we've, we've had this, this quarter's um, delivery driver bashing now. So, But you know what's interesting, Ted? As you say, <laughs> the story about the young lady who gave up and came to work for you instead. Really, yeah. what we should be putting into Room 101 is not the delivery drivers, but the policies through which the yes. delivery drivers yes. have to work. Yes, indeed. Um, but also ourselves for wanting prices to be driven down all the time so that Amazon and other places have to reduce the prices and thereby, thereby find ways of saving money elsewhere. We're, we're, we're all guilty of the system. Um, and what we should be doing is going down to curries and buying things in shops. Hey, remember my story last week about my mother's chair? You can't buy things in shops. <laughs> <laughs> Pip Tomlinson is next in room 101 and wants to put in transport for London. Pip says, oh. massively annoyed with TfL, who decided to temporarily rename the Bond Street tube station to Burberry Street to raise advertising money. There are no signs outside the station, says Pip, stating that you are actually at Bond Street and not Burberry Street. My 78-year-old mum and dad got extremely confused while on the tube. Ah, oh, apparently tourists were also confused between the announcements on the trains and the actual signage on the platform. How is it, says Pip, ever a good idea to change something as important as a station's entire name and signage for a few weeks as part of an advertising campaign? Yeah. I agree. But of course, as, as you say, Pip, it's all about money. It's all generated by raising yeah. money. I remember, I, I, as I, I'm a bit of a Star Trek geek, and I do remember um, 
oh, a few, two or three years ago now, when the series Picard premiered, starring Captain Picard of Star Trek fame, Piccadilly Circus was actually awash with posters and signage which renamed it as Picardilly Circus. But it was just for the day. I mean, there was no major change of anything. It was just a lot of posters up and a lot of signage and, and, and banners and just having a bit of fun for the day, saying Picardilly Circus, which I thought was lovely. But then, but then I suppose Picardilly Circus looks a lot like That's very Circus. true. All you have to do is put Whereas a hyphen in Burberry, between. Yeah, indeed. Burberry Street and Bond Street. I, it begins with a B, I suppose, but that's about My it. My name is Burberry. James Burberry. <laughs> it doesn't work, does it? I do agree with Pip. I think that that is um, a fair point and it can be very confusing, as indeed it was um, for his, his poor old parents, yeah. Agreed. So in honour of Pip's parents, let's play a beautiful piece of music. Just tell us what the old uh, story said. Philip Ray. Philip Ray in, lives in Malaysia. And apparently in Malaysia, they use three-pin plugs. Hey, I have no idea. Good for them. Why would they use three-pin plugs in Malaysia? Is that because the British people used to go out there and tell them all they had to? Yeah, we used um, to run the world, didn't we? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was quite surprised at that. Anyway, the thing that he wanted to put into a gold star was this company called Gagia Plugs who have put a blue and a green... Uh, I notice there's not a yellow or... Sorry, a blue and a brown. I notice there's not a green or a yellow one on the third pin. But they've coloured the actual um, pins, the, the colour of the where the wiring should go. So um, that is a really good idea. He put this on his new copy machine and um, it, he thought that was a great idea. And nothing more to say about it, really. It was just somebody, some company, thinking very well and, and thought, think, thinking that um, that's a good idea. You know, staring at this picture with my Photoshop-trained eye, I think the green there is green on there as well. It just hasn't come out very well in the photograph. Really? But whether or not, I think labelling the live and neutral is fantastic. I think that is a fabulous idea, and I wholeheartedly mm. agree with it. Chris Kelly said, in the UK, wired plugs have been outlawed. They yeah. have to be moulded into the cable now. Oh, uh! right. Well, I knew they were moulded generally, but I didn't know it was um, legal oh, required. Goodness me! Right, Mike Robbins um, jumped in too. He says new electrical new electrical appliances should be sold with a moulded on mains plug, but existing appliances do not have to be changed. Oh. As far as I know. It is still legal to fit a mains plug to an appliance if the plug needs replacing. Carrying out a pat test, obviously, is the best thing, but um, not mandatory for home use. Uh, so, yes, it would seem that buying things, you can expect one to be on there, but if you've got one already, you can cut the wire and still do it yourself. Can we please play a very large sensor beep so that I can say... Nanny state. I mean, for goodness <laughs> sake, I pride myself on having grown up able to change a plug. 240 volts is no more dangerous now than it was in 1970s, 80s, 90s when I was changing plugs as a young man. This is nuts and I hate it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Apparently, kids these days don't know how to do that. They don't know. They they don't have the first clue how to wire a plug, which is probably two tier result of them having moulded plugs on everything. But also because you know kids just have never have don't now need to do it. When so we finally have how would they? Yeah, when we have two. How how go on after you? I won't interrupt. <laughs> How how would they know how to do it if they'd never need to do it and don't do it? That's the point. Your turn. And my, well, my point was similar was to say, when we're all being looked after by machines, who is going to know how to build the next generation of machines? The machines will. Mm. We've seen films about that. Right, we're over the hour now. It's a particularly long show, isn't it? And um, we shall kind of conclude, I think, that we're kind of done, aren't we? Or is there anything else? I don't think maths was your strong point. We're, not, we're just under the hour. But I take your point. <laughs> My recorder says one hour, three minutes. I'll have You're you probably know. in a different time stream to me, Ted. That's probably why probably, we always yes. have these troubles at the beginning of the show. For anyone fed up with us bickering, <laughs> you can now disappear, turn your podcast uh, podcatcher off, and um, perhaps you'll come and join us again in two weeks' time um, when we'll do another show. Whateverworks.works is our website. Aidenbell.com is where you'll find Aiden. TedSalmon.com is where you'll find me, where you'll also find links to all the audio podcasts, all the MeWe groups, everything you need to know. So do come and have a look at tedsalmon.com. And if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do that as well. It's at paypal.me forward slash tedsalmon. Thank you so much. Um, And last word goes to you as usual. Dear listeners, thank you so much for listening. It is much appreciated. Yours sincerely, Aidan Bell. (laughs) See you next time, everyone. (laughs) One last thing to say is... (laughs) Don't forget, whatever works... Yours sincerely! Oh... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs)